In this new episode, a roundup of some exciting stories on science and research in the region from our portal. You can access it via nature.com slash East. Welcome to the Nature Middle East podcast, broadcasting from Cairo, Egypt. Every week, we highlight exciting research and stories of emerging science in this region. African savanna elephants and Saharan cheetahs are slowly vanishing. Their populations have been dwindling, and the culprit? It's increasing violence. The escalation of armed conflicts in the Sahara and Sahel is up over 500% since 2011. Now, endangered local species are threatened in areas that once served as places of refuge for megafauna. Our writer Kira Walker highlights the recent study that reveals the extent of the decline. She looks over the evidence of how interactions of conflict with illegal activities, infrastructure development, and activities related to resource extraction are helping facilitate wildlife killings and are driving biodiversity loss in the Sahara Sahel area. For the full story, Go to nature.com slash East. Up next are some exciting science highlights from our website. This is a new episode of Nature Middle East podcast. I'm Pakinam Aymer. A nearly magical hydrogel. It gives off different electrical signals as it changes shape. It can be used in wearable electronics, soft robotics, and point-of-care health testing and monitoring. This M-hydrogel is a relatively new class of highly conductive 2D inorganic compounds that are showing promise in electrochemical energy storage devices. But until this new study, limited research has been done to investigate their potential in sensing applications. The potential for it is huge, and the scientists responsible for the study talked to Nature Middle East about how they're building prototypes of the M-hydrogel for coating onto implantable devices, say, like pacemakers, they can be remotely charged using an ultrasource. All that without having to remove them from the body. Plus, tens of other applications that you can read about by logging onto our website. In UC Berkeley and King Abdelaziz City for Science and Technology, scientists are harvesting water from air. It takes a 24-hour night and day cycle, but the researchers have developed a device that produces one cup of water from dry desert air using only sunlight. The whole trick lies in a type of a molecular powder, a metal organic framework, or MOF, that is highly porous and acts like a sponge to absorb water. Packed in a frame at the top of a plexiglass box, the powder saturates with water during the moist, cool nights. During the day, it releases water as sunlight heats it. The water condenses against the sides of the box, which is insulated with dirt to keep the temperature low. The box simply needs to be kept open at night and closed in the day. The organic parts are cheap, and the blueprint should be applicable the world over. Our writer Sarah Hiddleston talks to Omar Yeri, lead scientist on this project and the chemist who pioneered research into MOFs. Yeri talks about the latest technology employed here and whether or not it's feasible at this stage to be streamlined across the Middle East. Can it withstand dust storms? What do we need to make it work? Can it be scaled up to produce enough water to create an impact? It's all questions that we asked Dr. Yeri and a group of independent researchers about this, essentially, water box. If you're curious what they said, log on to nature.com slash East to know more. Did you know that some corals reshuffle their genes to adapt to carbon dioxide hikes? Apparently, they do. They do this to acclimatize to acidification through gene regulation, according to a new research published by the King Abdullah University of Science and Technology in Saudi Arabia. Acidification typically results from excess carbon dioxide that leads to higher carbon uptake by oceans and freshwater bodies. 
High carbon concentrations eventually impede corals' ability to grow calcium carbonate skeletons, a fact that led the scientists to first hypothesize that the genes related to the calcification might be the ones to undergo the biggest changes. They were proven wrong, however. During genome sequencing, the changes that had taken place in methylation patterns, which is the epigenetic mechanism that ultimately controls gene expression, came as a complete surprise. The largest changes in methylation levels occurred in genes related to cell growth and stress response, not in the genes related to calcification. How? Why? We reveal all these details and more on our website. If you've enjoyed the sneak peek into Nature Middle East, make sure to follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can also subscribe to Nature Middle East bi-weekly newsletter to get links to our biggest news and feature stories delivered right to your email. I'm Pakina Maimer. Thank you for listening.